The lesson today is the church preaches the gospel. And the background passages for this lesson are Matthew chapter 9 and 10, and then Romans chapter 10. Now, in Matthew chapter 9 and 10, Jesus taught about the kingdom of God and showed the kingdom's power through deeds of love and mercy. Jesus also set up and commissioned his disciples to follow the example he set for sharing the good news of the kingdom. Now, Romans chapter 10 reveals a glimpse of Paul's heart for evangelism. Paul was the foremost example of evangelism and church planning after Jesus' resurrection. His work spread the church through the known world of his day. Now, Paul echoed Jesus' call for Christians to share the gospel to others. Now, reading from Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. Jesus continued going around to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them, because they were distressed and dejected, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. Now, verse 35 describes the practices that Jesus had done throughout his ministry. First, Jesus taught in synagogues about the kingdom, urging people to repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Second, Jesus demonstrated the work of the kingdom through the deeds of mercy and compassion as he healed diseases and sicknesses. He painted a picture of what life in the eternal kingdom of God would actually look like. Now, the word compassion is really kind of a fairly mundane word to most modern readers today. But the term here actually means that Jesus' insides churned. He was torn up about the reality of the suffering and the brokenness of these people and what they were experiencing. Jesus did not merely look at the crowd and move, move on. Instead, he allowed their experiences to reach out and to touch him extremely deeply. Jesus used the image of the sheep without a shepherd to describe the people as distressed and dejected. Sheep without a shepherd really are in a rough spot. They don't know how to find the safe paths on their own, and they are in danger of being stolen by thieves or preyed upon by wolves and lions. Now, Jesus used a metaphor of a crop overflowing and ready to be harvested but there were too few people to go out and do the work to bring in the harvest. In other words, God is actively seeking and saving distressed and dejected people, but he chooses to use redeemed people to declare the message of Jesus they so desperately need to hear. Now, Jesus instructed his disciples thus to pray that the Lord would send out more harvesters for the work of evangelism. The solution is prayer. 
this point should be amplified, should really amplify what was modeled by the apostles in Acts chapter 4. When confronted with persecution and threats, the church prayed for boldness. Now, Jesus reminded his people that we must pray for God to raise up more who will declare and demonstrate the kingdom's power and presence. Matthew 10 describes how Jesus commissioned his 12 disciples to commit to the work of the harvest. Now, reading from Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 14. Summoning his twelve disciples, he gave them authority over unclean spirits, to drive them out and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus. Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Jesus sent out these twelve after giving them instructions. Don't take the road that leads to the Gentiles and don't enter any Samaritan town. Instead, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, Cleanse those with leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you received, freely you give. Don't acquire gold, silver, or copper for your money belts. Don't take a traveling bag for the road or an extra shirt, sandals, or a staff, for the worker is worthy of his food. When you enter any town or village, find out who is worthy and stay there until you leave. Greet a household when you enter it, and if the household is worthy, let your peace be on it. But if it is unworthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone does not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that house or town. Now, it's really tempting to get lost in the details here. Like casting out demons and healing sick, one is tempted to spend time discussing how these realities are seen today. Space does not permit a full consideration of this question, but it, it's worth noting that the disciples were doing just what Jesus had been doing. With Jesus' arrival and the birth of, of the church, the manifestations of God's presence were distinct and clear. Don't get lost in, in the what about questions, but instead... Focused on the fact, focus on the fact that God uses people to do what He does, what He's doing in the world. And notice the people that Jesus uses. These are a random assortment of humans with no known connections or status except for the fact that they'd been with Jesus. Even here, we see mention of Judas, who would betray Jesus. How astounding that Jesus would give this level of authority to someone like Judas. Now, Jesus' instructions might have been the worst packing tips ever. Take nothing but the good news and the power to heal the sick and to drive out demons. We do not know how long the disciples were gone, but by sending them out, the news of Jesus' identity and his kingdom could be spread more broadly 
and then he could actually spread it by himself. Christians today live out this mission in places around the world, seeking to plant the seeds of the gospel. We should pray for them and also seek the Lord as to how we should better partner with them in that work. All Christians are called to testify to the truth of Jesus, where we live, learn, work, and play. So whether we go far or stay local, we all should depend on God to provide for the needs of our mission, whether it be funds or the right words or even the right opportunities. It was not just those who knew Jesus and ministered alongside of him who were sent to share the gospel, but all subsequent followers of Jesus who seek to obey him by proclaiming the availability of the kingdom through faith and repentance. Now, um, moving along to Matthew chapter 10, verse 15, Jesus is warning his disciples that some villages where they would take the good news would not welcome them. The hostility would not be aimed at them per se, but it would be a spiritual rejection of the truth about Jesus. So verse 15 in Matthew chapter 10 says, Truly I tell you, it would be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Now, to really unpack that statement, we should look at the fact that the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah was total and decisive for their excessive wickedness. Where there were not even ten righteous that could be found within that city. The people were given time to turn from their wickedness, but they chose not to. And God judged. His judgment was not arbitrary or excessive, but a measured and just response to their wickedness. Matthew 10:15 followed the exhortation in verse 14 that the apostles should shake off the dust from their feet and move on from villages and towns that responded to the gospel message with hostility. Now, I can the image of shaking off the dust is really a visual picture of judgment. The dust of their sin would remain on them and the apostles would move on to other areas and people. Now, verse 15 provided the rationale for the disciples moving on. God will judge those who reject his gospel and his messengers. The implication of the text is not merely that these people are failing to show hospitality, but that they were rejecting the message of the apostles concerning Jesus. The fate of those who rejected the message about Jesus today is the same. Death, judgment, and hell. Every person who fails to respond in faith and repentance to the message of Jesus will be judged, and their judgment will be worse than that of Sodom and Gomorrah, because the rejection is against Jesus Christ, the Son of God in the flesh, God's fullest revelation of himself. Now note that it is God who judges and condemns, not us. 
God judges rightly, for he knows the hearts of each person. We don't. So we continue to have compassion and patience as we trust in God's sovereign, sovereign will in their lives. Now, reading from Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. How then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now, Paul's intention of the progression in verse 14 was to highlight that each step is essential. People can't be saved unless they believe. And they can't believe unless they hear. And they can't hear unless someone actually is preaching. And they can't preach if they're not sent. So we should praise God for those who have been sent. As Paul stated, these individuals have beautiful feet. Those who have lived on mission, bringing the message of Jesus to others are to be commended. The church should actively pray for, support, and encourage those who evangelize. Another way to be involved in the work is to make it possible for others to go. Our financial investment in the local church and in the support of missionaries can make it possible for them to evangelize near and far. Also, those who are younger and more mobile might consider how to leverage their lives for the sake of the gospel. Maybe they aren't pastors or church planters, but they should consider how to use their vocation and family to be a part of the work of the local church ministry in difficult places around the world as meaningful members and gospel witnesses. Just as Jesus came into the world so that people might come to have saving faith in him, the church has been sent throughout the world to proclaim salvation that can only be found in Jesus Christ. Because we have come to know Jesus, at least in part, through the faithful evangelism of others, we actually should embrace the duty as well as the privilege of making Jesus known to other nations. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you and lift up. I lift up those who are sick and hurting and just pray that you would be with them today and wrap your loving arms of grace and mercy around them and restore them and bring them back to health. And Lord, I just pray that you would just encourage us and embolden us to realize that we are the feet of Jesus Christ. We are the ones that need to deliver this message to a lost and dying world. And Lord, I pray that you just go with us this week and send the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us and show us who we need to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to. For it's in Jesus' precious and holy name that I pray. Amen.